0: Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to our service. As I'm sure you're all aware, this is uh, a very special service. Uh, it's lovely to have you all here. This is uh, a baptism service. We're going to see three of our young people be baptized tonight uh, and uh, celebrate with them in that. Uh, a special welcome if you're a visitor. Uh, I'm well aware that as Christians, as, as members of Wen Baptist Church, we get used to what goes on week by week, and you might not be used to that. Uh, if there's anything that confuses you, anything that seems weird, or uh, if you think we're all nutters, just uh, talk to someone afterwards. Uh, talk to me, talk to anyone that you see up at the front. We'll hopefully be able to explain some of that for you. Um, but uh, yes, we'd love to be able to, to talk to you about that. Uh, and if you really think we're all nutters... Um, we'd love you to come to a a couple of things. Um, One, we've got this Christianity Explored course starting in January. So if you have always wondered what Christianity is all about, uh, if you've ever wondered, uh, or you you ever had questions burning inside you, and you think, well, who would answer those kind of questions? Come along to that. It starts on the 9th of January um, next year come along with a seven-week course. It's it's very informal and relaxed, uh, but we're going to look at Mark's gospel together and try and learn who Jesus is, why he came, and what did he come to do. So that's the the first thing I'd like to invite you to. The second thing is as it's Christmas. uh, You may have seen a a few of these around, these uh, invitations to our Christmas service, uh, Christmas services. We've got a carol service this time next Sunday afternoon. So 4.30. Again, there's no evening service at 6.30, which is our usual time uh, next week. just next week, isn't it? let come quickly. Uh, so 23rd of December, that's our carol service. Uh, we'd love you to come and join in. That's 4.30 here. And again, on Christmas Day, uh, 25th of December, no surprises, uh, at 10 a.m., we'll be meeting again to worship and celebrate uh, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So there we go. Let's read the Bible together and hear what God has to say to us. This is a, a passage from uh, one of the prophets, a prophet called Isaiah. And uh, he sees the Lord at some point. In fact, in the year that King Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. So in that passage, we get a little glimpse of the holiness of God. God is absolutely holy, meaning he's totally pure, totally special. There's nothing else quite like him. And the only way we can even come before him is if our sin is forgiven, if our guilt is is taken away. The only way we can come to worship him this afternoon is if our sins are forgiven. So as we worship this afternoon, we only do this because Jesus has died for us. If you're a Christian here, uh, we can celebrate together and, and worship God. We can come before him boldly knowing that Jesus has taken away our sin. So the first song we're going to sing, uh, the words will be up on the screen, we're going to stand together and sing when the music starts, uh, is Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's stand together and sing. And let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are holy. And as we have read in your Bible, as we've uh, sung about, that even though you are holy and and we can't really approach you uh, on our own uh, standing, that we actually can approach you now because of what Jesus has done for us. But we thank you for your, your holiness. Uh, when we look around the world and see so much unholiness, so much violence, unrighteousness, impurity, Lord, we even look inside ourselves and see all, so, all sorts of unholiness. We, we don't even meet our own standards half the time, let alone yours. But Lord, we thank you that you are holy and you invite us into a relationship with you that because of Jesus' death on the cross, because of his resurrection, that we can be made holy and that you look at us as holy no matter what we've done. Uh, so we, we rejoice in that this afternoon. Uh, we rejoice with those being baptized, uh, that again, they know that salvation too. Lord, we praise you for your uh, salvation that we, we find in Christ. And we, we thank you that uh, the the three girls being baptized this afternoon are are willing to trust Christ. Uh, They're they're willing to acknowledge publicly that he is uh, their Lord and Savior. We thank you that they're they're willing to trust that Christ knows what's best and he does what is best. Uh, We thank you that we're able to celebrate with them. Lord, I pray for them as they make this uh, public declaration of faith in you, that you would... Uh, strengthen them and uh, give them great joy as they go through this, uh, this baptism, go through the, the water uh, and get very wet. Lord, we thank you that that's not uh, anything that makes them a Christian. We thank you that uh, getting wet just symbolizes what's already been done to them. But Lord, we pray that as we meet together this, mo- this afternoon, as we worship together, as we praise your name and, and learn of what you've done for each one of us, Uh, Lord, that you would give each one of us joy and hope and a great peace because our sins are forgiven. So we pray that our time would be honoring to you. We pray that uh, we would be an encouragement to each other as we uh, spend time uh, formally during this part of the service, as we uh, spend time together informally after the service, that every word that's said, every thing that's done would be to your praise and your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen at this uh, point in the service um, I'm just going to explain a bit about what baptism is uh, it's not something that we we do every week uh, uh, here at when uh, Baptist Church but um, and some of you may not have ever seen baptism as we do it uh, before uh, so it's, it's a good a chance to refresh our our minds or or to learn what we're doing here this afternoon. And after I've done that, uh, we're going to hear from each of the three girls being baptized uh, a bit about how they became a Christian, uh, how they they weren't always Christians, but how they became Christians and why they're being baptized today. We call that a testimony. Uh, Then we're going to sing a few songs. Then we're going to take them into the water and baptize them and then later on, Colin's going to come and preach to us. But um, baptism, Uh, when you become a Christian, the Bible speaks of that as as, uh, having eternal life. Um, If you trust in Jesus, uh, then it says that you have eternal life. You can live forever. Uh, It means we're forgiven of all our sins. It means we can be with God forever in this perfect place. We call it heaven. And With perfect people. Uh, If you look around the world now, there's plenty of imperfect people. I'm one of them, you're one of them, uh, and we see so much imperfection all around us, just in in nature, in uh, just the world we live. But what we look forward to with eternal life uh, in heaven is everything made perfect, everything made right again. Uh, And that's the promise. When we become Christians, that is absolutely promised to us. But it's not necessarily a very visible thing. So, so Jesus Christ gives us a couple of visual symbols to to help us uh, understand a bit better, help us to learn uh, and remember what has happened to us as we become Christians. So the first one he gives us is communion, uh, also known as the Lord's Supper. And as we take that on a regular basis, he reminds us that eternal life goes on and on. And so we keep on doing it as a reminder that the, the life we have, the eternal life we have, comes from Jesus, and we keep coming to Jesus. It's not something that we, we do once and then go our own way, but we're constantly with Jesus. That's communion. But but baptism is something we do just the once. Communion we do on a regular basis. Baptism is uh, something we do just once. And it's a symbol of how that eternal life we have, how that started. Um, and, it, and it symbolizes that uh, in three ways. The first is the Bible talks about as having died to sin. Uh, we all sin. We all have sinned, and we all carry on sinning. That means we disobey God. We, we do all sorts of things in our own way. We, we are selfish generally, and uh, we don't give God a second thought naturally. So we, we have all sinned, and that means we can't be in God's presence God is a holy God. We've, we've sung about that. We've read about that already. And we are unholy. And so we have no eternal life. We're in a place of, of death. And so as we stand in the water, in the baptistry there, we stand dead. And as we go under the water, baptism literally means to dunk or to immerse. As we dunk these girls in the water, Uh, They're going to get very wet. Uh, That's a symbol of being very buried. Uh, So they're dead, and then they're buried. But they don't stay there. They come back out of the water again to resurrection, to new life. And those three things, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, are things that we see actually fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus actually did die. We celebrate that at uh, Good Friday at Easter. That he did die on a cross, And he was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he came back to life again. that's what we celebrate on Easter Sunday. And because he died, then he's taken our sins away. He's buried our sins. We don't need to worry about the past anymore. We don't need to worry about the things that we've done or the things that have been done done to us. That's all been buried, uh, taken far away from us. And as, we, as Jesus was resurrected, it means that we then have a resurrection life as well. We have eternal life, a new life uh, that's totally different from the unholy life we are currently living now. And so baptism symbolizes those three things. Just like Jesus died, was buried, and came back to life again, when we're baptizing people, it's a symbol of what has happened to them. They, they're dead to sin. They, they, they don't have any part of that anymore. That's been put away. They've been buried, but then they've been brought back to life again, and that life is eternal. The water doesn't do anything apart from get them wet. It really is just a symbol, and and Colin's going to talk more about that later. Um, And it doesn't even make them a Christian. We believe that these girls are already Christians. Uh, You'll hear about how that happens in a few moments, but it does just symbolize and illustrate and remind us of what Christ has done for each one of us, if we, if we can call ourselves Christians, if we can call ourselves children of God. So that's that's what baptism is, uh, and as a, a symbol of how our eternal life starts. Uh, and we're now going to hear from Anna, I think. Uh, who's going to come and share with us how She became a Christian, how that eternal life started uh, for her. So I'm going to invite Anna to come up and she's going to...
1: One of my friends asked me if I was a Christian, and I said yes. Over the past year, I've thought more about how I'm a Christian. This booklet, which I've had since I was about seven, but never really properly understood since recently, has helped me with this. It was this year I realized that I didn't have to do something or be anything to be a Christian. I just had to acknowledge I'm a sinner, say sorry, and believe that Jesus saves whoever trusts in him. I realized this when reading the booklet, which says, who exactly will be saved? Is it good people or important people? No, it's whoever trusts in Jesus. The baptism is helped with this too. Looking back on my life, an example, on where God went on, an example where God answered one of my prayers was when I prayed for a dog and a kind lady moved in next to my grandparents who lets me walk her dog on Saturdays. So I am being baptized today as an expression of trust because it is a command in the Bible and also a good opportunity as others are doing so as well. Some verses which have helped me are, whoever comes in by me will be saved, John chapter 10, verse 9. And if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans chapter 10, verse 9.
0: I'm going to invite uh, David Rowe, one of the elders here. Yeah, let's give Adam a round of applause. It's it is quite a nerve-wracking thing to come and stand in front and speak. But David's... Actually, Anna, come, come back up. just going to give
2: you a card. And a, a uh, well, thank you very much, Anna, for uh, sharing your testimony with us. It's always encouraging, always inspiring to hear people's testimony and how they've come to know Jesus. So thank you for that. And on behalf of everybody here, of the whole congregation, the whole church, I want to give you this card. And it's my privilege to be able to choose a verse for you and I've chosen a verse which is written out in here and I hope you'll keep this card and it it will remind you of this evening and the verse that I've chosen for you is from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 and it says for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight before the creation of the world and you've mentioned that today Thank you.
0: Well, the uh, the three girls have, have chosen songs uh, this afternoon. Uh, Anna's uh, choice is "Above the Voices of the World Around Me," and uh, we'll we'll stand together again and, and sing. There's a line in this uh, in the last verse, I think it is. It says, "Lord, I believe now. Help my unbelief," and uh, I think that's there we go, help my unbelieving. That's true of each one of us. This is for the girls that are being baptized, the the kind of the starting point, if you like, but each one of us uh, could do with growing in our faith, growing in our our belief. Uh, So we, we join with them in singing this, I believe, help now my unbelieving. So let's stand together and let's sing. is going to come up and share with us how she became a christian.
3: I've always been in a christian family, going to church every sunday, surrounded by christians at church, but surrounded by mostly non-believers at school. Whenever things got tough, such as friendships, moving house, and the loss of my granny and my granddad, I prayed and talked with my mum and dad. I feel like I've always been a believer, believing that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins and I will continue to learn more about God's love. I don't want to imagine my life without God. I've had no amazing power-bright-light conversion moment. The reason I'm choosing to be baptized now is that I, open, I want to openly express my faith and dedicate my life to Jesus. At home, I've been told repeatedly to be content with what I have, which comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 8. I'm going to read more of that passage from verses 6 to 12 because it says more about how I want to live life as a Christian. Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want to do what these verses say. To fight the good fight of faith and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. I won't always get it right, but because of Jesus, I know I can be forgiven when I repent." I want to thank my mum and dad, John and Rachel, and Lou and Steve for their encouragement and my help and help on my journey to faith. And I also want to thank you all for being the many witnesses today.
2: Well, thank you, Annabelle, for that very powerful testimony. And you chose some very powerful verses to read to us. Great reminders. And I've got a verse for you which I hope will encourage you. It's a very short verse, uh, and it's from a book that perhaps we don't look at very often, which is the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, and it's from chapter 3, verse 22. And it simply simply says, although it's so important if we can hang on to this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So it's always dependable, And it never stops. And our prayer for you is that you will know the love of the Lord throughout your life. Thank you. you.
0: (laughs) Annabelle's choice of song is uh, Men of Faith. Uh, The chorus says Shout to the North. Baptism is one of those very public things. Uh, We've got a lot of people here and the girls are publicly confessing that Jesus Christ is their saviour. And this song Is a reminder to all of us that we need to shout to everyone, tell everyone all about Jesus. So as this public witness this afternoon, so we sing about it now. So let's stand and sing. take your seats it's your turn and join us up the front
4: I was brought up in a Christian family learning about God but it wasn't until recently that I started to really trust in God I was at discovery camp in year six when I decided that I believed in God and wanted to be a Christian but then I went into year seven and I was no longer allowed in junior church and I found having to stay upstairs quite difficult and confusing But at this point, I started going on Christian camps with a few people from this church and loads of other young people. These camps were amazing, but as soon as I got home, I would just forget it all and leave God back at camp. But this year, I went to Keswick with the Joneses, and it was a great week with amazing teaching. It was then that I started to truly believe that we needed Jesus to take our sin so we can be with God. I had an understanding of this before, but it really sunk in that week. After this was HBC, where I had a chance to teach younger children about God. Then I went back to school, and I didn't just leave God behind at Keswick or HBC. I took him with me into year 10 and really started to trust in him, which is why I decided that now is the right time to be baptised.
2: Thank you very much, Izzy, for that uh, that testimony. It was very honest, and uh, it's certainly a testimony for all the things that you heard in Keswick, and, and that's that's obviously been a, a real turning point for you. Well, I, I've got a, a verse for you here, or two verses actually, from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, and I, I hope that they will be precious verses for you to remember, and uh, they're, they're powerful verses for all of us, because they remind us of the worth of the Holy Spirit in our lives, uh, and if we're Christians, Holy Spirit constantly working in our lives, and we're reminded in these verses that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And what wonderful qualities they are, and the, the wonderful fruit of the Spirit. And our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will work in your life, sustain you and keep you throughout your life, and that you'll see the, those fruits developing as you get older. And there's a to you. Thank you.
0: Well, we'll sing one more song. This is uh, Izzy's Choice, and then we'll go down into the water and do the baptizing. Uh, but Izzy's Choice uh, reminds us that the Christian life is an ongoing thing. Uh, that becoming a Christian doesn't solve all your problems. There will be hard times, there will be great times. Uh, but through all of that, God is always with us, and we can always have something to praise Him for. So we're going to sing, Blessed Be Your Name, uh, and let's stand together and sing.
5: Do you confirm that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Are you trusting him for salvation? And is it your desire to serve him as his faithful servant all the days of your life? Then with great joy we baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Again, we've heard your testimony. It was a joy to hear it. Do you confess again Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? Yes. Are you trusting in Him and Him alone for salvation? Yes. And do you desire to serve Him as His faithful servant all the days of your life? Yes. Then we baptise you with great joy in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) With joy we baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
6: Doesn't it just thrill your soul to see that? We've got to pray for them, but before we do, let's just read a few words from Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. What a wonderful passage, a passage showing God's care. So let's just pray for them, shall we? Father, we thank you that we can have a baptismal service like this. Father, we do thank you for Annabelle, Izzy, and Anna. Thank you that they love you. Thank you that they're able to proclaim that love to us all here. Father, we do thank you that you love them, and we do pray that you would care for them. Lord, we have just read that you know us, that your eye is on us. You know when we sit and when we rise. You even know our thoughts. And because you know us so well, you're so fitting to care for us perfectly. Lord, we do commit these young ladies to you. We pray that you would protect them, that you would guide them, that you would guard them. As they face all the challenges that this world throws at them. Father, we thank you that all the days ordained for them are written in the book that you've got them in your care. We pray that you would help them in their relationship with you. Father, we pray that they would grow and they would mature, that they would become godly women that will lead others to you, that will teach others. Father, we do pray for them, that their relationship with you will grow stronger and stronger. We do pray for help to teach them, to encourage them. Father, we thank you that we are a family here and they belong to that family. We do pray that you would help us to be what we should be in teaching them and encouraging them. Father, we do pray that you would look after us all, that we would all grow and we would all mature, and it would all become more like you. Father, we do thank you that you love us and that Jesus has gone ahead to prepare a place for us because we have got eternity to look forward to. And I thank you for these three young ladies. They have got eternity with you to look forward to. Father, we do pray that you would help them, even when things look dark, that your light would shine in their lives and that they would be able to shine your light to all those around them. Father, we thank you for their testimonies. We thank you that they were able to go to school and talk about you to others. And we do pray that you'd give them the courage and the strength that they need to do that, that you would really bless them, protect them from the devil, the evil one, as he will surely want to spoil this. Father, we do pray that you'll put your arms around them, that you'll be their fortress and their guide. Father, we thank you for this time of year, that we can proclaim your son's birth. We do pray for our town. We pray that this would be a special Christmas, a Christmas where they first see you for who you are. Lord, we do pray for those here this evening who don't know you. We pray that you would open their eyes and help them to see your salvation. Lord, we do pray for the rest of this service, that you would bless our time together. Lord, we do pray that your spirit would move and the rest of this service would be glorifying to you. These things we pray in your name. Amen. We're going to read our main reading now, and that is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 onwards. And I do believe it will appear on the screen. <coughs> Finally, all of you, be like-minded. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and proclaimed to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from your body, But the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Pray that God bless his word.
5: Thank you very much, Ron. Quite as wet as the baptismal candidates, we do get pretty wet, so it does require a quick change. I want to read a, a text to you which may seem to contradict something that that uh, john was was stressing um, but before i do that just a word of thanks to the three young ladies um not just for their very clear testimonies but for not changing the order of things because a lot of you know i struggle with names anyway and when you've got an anna, anna Bell, followed by isabel if they'd have decided to change this around there was a huge likelihood that i would get them the wrong way around um, but they didn't, they didn't, they stayed in the order <laughs> they were supposed to, which was much easier. Though I think John got it wrong on one occasion. But I'll have a word with him about that afterwards. <laughs> or, or you'll all tell me, no, he didn't. And we'll have to listen to the tape. And then who, who cares? Um, so the, the, the verse that, that, that may seem a, a little out of place. Verse 21 of First Peter 3. Baptism which corresponds to this now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body but as an appeal to god for a good conscience through the resurrection of jesus christ baptism now saves you how do we approach a a verse like that which seems to contradict um, everything that we teach and everything that we believe Let me suggest a couple of very simple ways to you. First of all, the application of that rare quality, common sense. We're all used, aren't we, to hearing phrases like, Buckingham Palace has refused to comment on dot, 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 dot. 10 Downing Street announced today that dot, 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 dot. The White House has confirmed dot, 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 dot. In our wildest imaginings, I don't think any of us imagine that police officer who spends his life stood in front of that famous black door. He just stands there, doesn't he? And if anybody wants to come in, his job appears to be to turn around and knock the door. This is possibly because cabinet ministers are not capable of anything quite that complicated. I don't know. There may be another reason. But none of us think that when all the press have gone and the crowds have left... I, and it's dark that the police officer goes. Go on, number ten. You can share with me what really happened today. Go on, nine and eleven. I'm sure are asleep. Tell me what's happening. We 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 know. That, that when it says Buckingham Palace, that means the Queen and her advisers and, and, and so on. When it's town 10 Downing Street, it's the Prime Minister uh, uh, and the Cabinet and the Ministerial staff. When it's the White House, it's the President and whoever else may be involved. None of us imagine for a moment that an object comments, announces, or confirms anything. Common sense tells you that. And common sense should tell you that in a, in a pure kind of sense, baptism cannot save. Uh, and maybe the easiest way to understand that is to see what it is that, that Peter is actually linking it with. Uh, and he links it, doesn't he, with the, the days of Noah. If you go back to verse 20, God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. We could well imagine, couldn't we? A situation where um, after the, the flood and, and the ark and so on and the, the, the family are beginning to settle down, we could imagine one of Noah's grandchildren or great grandchildren coming up and saying, you know, Grandad, how was it that, that you and mum and dad and uncle and auntie and so on, how, how is it that you were saved? A- and Noah could quite truthfully answer, couldn't he, though not exhaustively answer well it was like this son the ark saved us because it did didn't it they were inside the ark uh, and the ark was the means of their preservation but but a more theological answer to the question a, a deeper answer to the question a fuller answer to the question and one i'm sure noah would have given would have been god saved us by telling us to build an ark uh, and go into the ark because he knew what he was going to do. uh, uh, And somehow, amazingly, we'd found grace in his sight uh, and he wanted to rescue us from the catastrophe that was coming. Both would be true in a sense, wouldn't they? They were saved by the ark, but ultimately, of course, they were saved by God. So simple analogy helps us. But so as well does... Just simply finding out, this is Peter that's writing, what else does Peter have to say about being saved? He's a preacher. um, We we have a a number of recorded sermons by him, including the first Christian sermon ever preached on the day of Pentecost uh, when he talks both about salvation and he talks about baptism. So we, we can have a look, we can download um, his sermons and we can go to the archive uh, and we can say let's find out what peter really believes about being saved and about being baptized uh, and we find that in that first sermon ever he says this and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be saved so he's saying that it's a person who saves But he does talk about baptism a little bit later on. He says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's linking baptism there with repentance. He's linking baptism with faith. And he's linking baptism with obedience to the commands of God. So he's saying, it's a person who saves. Uh, and in order to lay hold of that salvation there are things that you need to do you need to repent you need to put your faith in the lord jesus christ and he will grant you this tremendous gift of forgiveness of sins but that's just one sermon i mean what else has he got to say if you press on further into Acts chapter 4 You'll find him coming out with one of the clearest statements in the whole of Scripture. There is salvation in no one else. No one else. (coughs) For there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. And of course, he's talking again about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other name. There's no one else. It's a person who saves. It's not a a ritual. It's not a, a... a service that saves it's a person who saves Uh, and peter is very clear that there is only one person who saves and that person is the lord jesus christ Uh, and later on when when peter is having to cope with something quite dramatic um, in his own experience and his own life because god is about to open the church right up Uh, until this point in acts chapter 10 the church has been very much uh, a, a kind of a jewish group of people uh, and now God is going to burst the doors open uh, and everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be able to flood in through those doors. Uh, and it all takes place uh, around someone who puts their faith and trust in, in God, a, a centurion named Cornelius. Uh, and when Peter goes down after a bit of persuasion from God, we have to say, you, you can look that up in, in in the book of Acts if you want to, Peter goes down uh, and he begins to preach. Uh, And as he begins to preach, the Holy Spirit comes down. Uh, And Peter's conclusion, and he argues this later on with with other people, he says, how could we not baptize people upon whom the Holy Spirit had already come? You see the order? The Holy Spirit comes first. They, they, They come into a saving relationship with god through the lord jesus christ first and then they're baptized that's the the order in which things happen and one of the reasons i think the order happens in that way is to make clear where baptism sits in the sequence of things if you look into the new testament it's always believe and be baptized it's never be baptized and believe it's always the other way around baptism Uh, We we would describe it as believer's baptism because that's what it is. Um, Sometimes people will say, um, oh, Baptists believe in adult baptism, don't they? Well, the answer is no, we don't. We believe in believer's baptism. We believe that before someone goes down into that water, they're already confessing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They've already repented. They've already turned. They've already trusted. So the baptism itself, can't save them because they're already saved it can't make any difference it's very significant and we'll see that in a moment but he, he's not the the only person that that um, teaches the same thing it's the it's the universal teaching of the new testament um, acts 15 11 says but we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the lord jesus christ how was noah saved rescued he was rescued firstly because he found grace in the eyes of the lord it wasn't that he was a perfect man that's pretty evident from what happens after he emerges from the ark Um, he he disgraces himself fairly soon afterwards he's not a perfect man but god chose to choose him god chose to show grace towards him unmerited favor Uh, and he responded to the unmerited favor of god by building an ark it took him a long time Uh, and and we're told that as he was building the ark he was preaching the gospel he was saying to people look god is going to destroy the earth this is going to be the means of salvation you need to be in the ark to be saved if you're not in the ark you'll perish And the population around him didn't believe a word that he was saying. And no doubt as the the waters began to to, to both fall and rise simultaneously, there were still those who were saying, well, um, I've got my rowboat, that'll be enough. um, Or my building's pretty tall, I'll be okay. um, Or I'm going to go up to the top of that mountain, nothing's going to cover the top of that. Still people who weren't listening to what God had said. But to those eight people that went into the ark, to those that trusted God, believed his word, they were saved. They were saved by God, but they were saved through the means of the ark. And and, and that's what is happening here. Noah and his family repented and believed. That's what Peter is saying in verse 20 there. God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Baptism corresponds to the ark. The ark was not the person that saved. It was the means that that person used. Uh, And what's happening in baptism is that it's a fulfillment of the command of God believe and be baptized now it's the analogy and most analogies do break down don't they if you push them too far um the the analogy does break down because while it is a command of god to be baptized if you're a believer uh, and it doesn't matter what's happened previously in your life it's a command that you should follow and obey but of course, there's one notable example isn't there the the thief on the cross who had no opportunity. He had an opportunity to repent. He had an opportunity to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did both of those things. Uh, And he turned to Jesus and he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Uh, And the Lord Jesus, hanging and dying on that cross, gave him a cast iron assurance, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Now he wasn't baptized. He couldn't be baptized. But he did repent and believe but had he been able to be baptized it, it, it is what would have been commanded because it, it's what helps to symbolize what's happening and this is what um john was sharing with us a, a little bit earlier baptism symbolizes another thing a number of things it is the means of our salvation under the hands of god it isn't what saves us as a follow-on to repentance and faith, it, it is a symbol of what has already happened. Hebrews 11:7 says this, By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith the three youngsters that have been baptized today have all expressed their faith and trust in the lord jesus christ they, they've all made it clear it was interesting um if, if this is the only baptism service you've ever been to you may think aha i'm discerning a pattern here um, you need to have been brought up in a christian home with faithful parents that taught you the word of god I won't ask people to do it, but I could say hands up, those of you for whom that's not true. And my hand would be one of the first to go up. I was not brought up in a Christian home. Uh, I was not brought up with believing parents who taught me the word of God. Uh, and there are many of us here that weren't. But but that happens to be the testimony of these three people. Um, it was Izzy, wasn't it? I think, forgive me if it was one of the others. Uh, was it you, Izzy, that referred to... Um, the, the Damascus Road conversion of Paul bright light or was it Anna come on it was either Anna Annabelle or Isabel <laughs> I've got it pinned down to one of those three I that's what I'm referring to Annabelle thank you guy I was just testing that you were listening <laughs> she hadn't had a bright light conversion but some people have had very dramatic conversions. You know, I, in the most dramatic of circumstances, they, they they felt God speaking to them. Others, quite different. One of the, the unique things is that we are unique people and we've traveled unique pathways to the place that we're at. Uh, and God meets us where we are. Because my children were brought up in Christian homes. Um, not all of them were able to kind of say when they were converted they didn't have this bright light conversion either i can tell you exactly when i was converted i can tell you exactly the circumstances that led to it but that's not the real point the point is are you trusting jesus christ that's why we ask them that in the water do you confess afresh jesus christ is your lord and savior are you trusting him and him alone for salvation You notice we didn't say, are you trusting that baptism will save you? Because they're already saved. So what's happening in baptism then? Well, if there were no other reason for baptizing people, it would be sufficient to say, God commands it. And that should be enough, shouldn't it, for us? God commands it. But it's a public declaration of, of where we are Scripture speaks of, of believing in our hearts and expressing with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. That there is a necessity to, to stand up for something that we believe, to not be ashamed of the gospel of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're willing to come to a baptismal service, stand at the front of the church, tell people what you've done. Uh, and then go down into into a pool of water uh, and be immersed by someone that's not being ashamed of jesus and none of the three girls this afternoon are ashamed of who jesus is and it was woven into their testimonies in different circumstances they've made it known at school in other places that they are followers of the lord jesus christ Uh, and that often means that you're treated as a bit of an oddity it means that you can be a bit marginalized and and, and regarded as, as as a bit of a fool by other people, but they don 't mind that because they know the truth they know the reality that they 've experienced in their lives, they know, as Paul says in Romans, that there is now no condemnation, that their sins are forgiven, that, that they will never ever face the judgment of a holy God for the things they 've done wrong, they know that their sins have been washed away. And that's one of the things that baptism symbolizes when we want to, to be clean. We go for a bath or a shower, don't we? Um, we, we wash away the, the dirt and the grime of the day. Baptism symbolizes that that's what's happened. Their sins have been washed away. There were various groups. There, there was a group around at the, the time that the Lord Jesus was ministering. Uh, they were called the Essenes. And they, they took this, this, this business really seriously. So, so they, would, they would get baptized at least once every day in order to, to wash away their sins. But Christians don't need to do that because the work that Jesus does I- is so thorough and, and so efficient that it never needs to be repeated. Can you imagine the effect on the cosmetics market? If you could market a bar of soap, a bottle of shampoo, and a tube of toothpaste that says, use once and you'll never get dirty again. No matter what you do, your teeth will always be sparkly white and pearly, your hair will always be beautifully conditioned and you will always be clean. I don't think any cosmetics firm would actually do it because they'd go bankrupt fairly quickly, wouldn't they? There'd be no, no after sales going on. But, but that's exactly what God says to us. Jesus says to us, once I've washed you from your sins, you're clean in my eyes forever. I regard you as being righteous in my sight, says God. It's not that we don't get dirty. It's not that we don't sin again, we do. But it's all dealt with in that once-for-all sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And so dramatic is that, that it brings us to the other thing uh, that that, uh, John was mentioning, and it's there in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, By the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So we're symbolizing that, that there's been a washing away of sin, that there's been a cleansing of the heart and of the life. But we're symbolizing something more dramatic than that. It is as if the old you had died. Paul puts it this way when he writes to the Corinthians. He says, If anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The former things have passed away, and behold, everything has been made new. There's something nice about new things, isn't there? New things. New carpets have a particular smell to them, don't they? A new car, if you've ever owned one, has a particular smell to it. Newly fallen snow has a quality to it that nothing else has in this world. Things that are new. Wouldn't it be amazing to wake up with a new life? As Christians, we believe we do every morning. Because his mercies are new to us every day. And his faithfulness is great. Wouldn't it be amazing to have no regrets? Christians can live a life without regrets. Not that that we've done nothing wrong. But God gives us a clean conscience. He lets us know, he assures us that, that we are Precious in his sight, clean in his sight, that there is no condemnation. It's a whole new life. What do you do when something's old and worn out? Well, you may be one of these people that puts it in the shed. Never quite understood why. Or or, or maybe you, as somebody did uh, once, uh, remember somebody offering... The the church uh, a video player, you can tell how old I am. Kind of video players, do you remember those? Video player, uh, and I thought that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I said, you know, why are you getting rid of it? And they said, oh, it's broken. <laughs> well, thanks a lot then. Um, yeah, she says it's no use to us. Strange. What do you do? You take it down to the dump, don't you? tip it in the the trash. It's no good any longer. What do you do with an old life? Well, you bury it. It's dead. It's finished with. It's over. And so we put the candidates for baptism under the water, symbolizing, as John says, that they're being buried to the old life. The old life is over. It's finished. I was asked on one occasion, Pastor, how long are you likely to pray when i'm under the water this was somebody that had obviously heard me praying but had never seen me do a baptism service and i said oh never more than about 10 minutes and the look of alarm on their face i said no we we don't pray at all when you're under the water and one of the assurances i always give baptismal candidates if i'm talking to them is this look It's not a real baptism unless we bring you up again. Because some people are really afraid of water, aren't they? It's no good symbolizing that you're dead and actually leaving you dead under the water. We need to bring you back up again to symbolize that you're alive. Because that's, that's what coming up out of the water symbolizes. They came up out of the water, they walked up the steps, and it symbolized walking into a new life. All of that had already happened. But it's helpful for the rest of us and it's helpful for them to put this into some kind of dramatic way some symbolism that that can be grasped and understood and that's what you've witnessed this afternoon you've witnessed three young ladies who have repented of their sins put their faith and trust in the lord jesus christ a- and have submitted themselves to baptism in order that you might understand that God has cleansed them from their sin and there's no condemnation to them now they're going to be with God in heaven not because they're better than any other young people but because Christ has saved them just as Noah was saved in the ark and they've witnessed to you that their old life is dead and their new life has begun please don't now expect them to be perfect. Because they won't be. No more than you and I are. There's a journey to go which won't end until we're in the presence of the Lord Jesus himself. But John has something wonderful to tell us about that. He says, when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. In the meantime, what are we? We're pilgrims who know what our past was, who know what our future is, and are trusting God for the journey in between. We're not heading towards eternal life. We already possess it. What we're heading towards is the fullness of our salvation. The Bible, interestingly, uses the word salvation in three different tenses and i'll close with this it uses it in a past tense we are saved god has rescued these three young ladies and uh, and a lot more of us here in this room by his sheer grace and his sheer mercy he has already forgiven them they are already saved we are being saved present tense we're being saved now god is delivering us he's giving us the ability to say no to sins that previously we said yes to. He's giving us the the ability to become what he wants us to be, for being saved. But we're still suffering from all the uh, the consequences of being sinful people in a sinful world. But we will also be saved. It's a certainty there is coming a day when there will be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sickness, no more pain, when all the former things will have passed away and everything will have become new. And that's the invitation that the youngsters are, are seeking to make to you tonight. If you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, they're saying, come on a journey with us. It doesn't matter where you've started from, from a Christian family or a, an utterly pagan background. doesn't matter. Meet Jesus now. Turn away from your sin. Receive his grace and his mercy. Publicly confess him as your Lord and Savior. And come on a journey with us. A journey that ends in the very presence of God and fullness of life. Where God will bless his word to us. We're going to sing. Those of you that were here this morning, we are going to sing. How can I ever begin to thank you? It's here at the throne. mind you if you're used to being with us on a sunday evening we usually chat and then kind of go home but there's tea coffee and cake, so do stay downstairs and it's a chance to talk to the girls uh, and have a chat Uh, i think john invited you afterwards that if you think we're an odd bunch of people come and talk to us we can confirm it for you (laughs) but we're a friendly odd bunch of people i hope let's pray together heavenly father we thank you for this great service that we've been privileged to be part of. Thank you for the three young women who've spoken of their trust and faith in you today. We pray for each of them, Lord, that you would keep them safe in the hollow of your hand. Guard them, guide them, protect them through all their pilgrimage until they arrive as Bunyan's pilgrim did at the Celestial City in the presence of their God. Grant each one of us, we pray, grace, mercy, and peace now. In Jesus' name, amen.